0: Okay, <laughs> full disclosure, it is 2 a.m. right now, and we got back late from a trip to the ER combined with a regular doctor's visit for two different children today, which, as you know, can be kind of par for the course when you're a single mom with multiple children, especially somehow boys. Sometimes it seems like I'm taking somebody to the ER almost every month of the year, which might be a slight exaggeration, but I don't think it's a very big one. I'm going to be completely honest. I almost didn't want to talk to you about what I'm going to talk about today. A big reason is because this has been such a hard lesson for me to learn. It has taken so much for me to learn to let go of this issue and leave it in God's hands. I've wanted for many years to retain control of work and money and material provision when it came to taking care of my family as a single mom. But what I have found is that when I've tried by applying my human wisdom to almost prayerlessly control my work and financial circumstances, refusing to completely release these matters to the Lord... Things have gone so poorly, but when God brought me to the place where I recognized that he knew better than I did exactly what I needed, and that I could absolutely, unreservedly trust him to provide for all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, as Philippians 4.19 says, And when I began to affirm my trust in his provision day by day, literally just by praying, I trust in you, Lord. I am looking to you to provide the income I need. Please show me the way I rest in you. Since I started having that heart attitude, I've seen such a huge weight lifted off. And I've seen the faithfulness of Jehovah Jireh in a way that I have never seen before. So let's talk about this matter. Can we trust our Heavenly Father to provide for us financially? Welcome to Christ-dependent single motherhood. Are you feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and longing for a safe community of believers? Do you sit up at night Googling how to work and homeschool at the same time or Bible verses on anxiety? Do you wish for a Titus 2 older woman to help you navigate this lonely parenting path? I'm Sarah, a veteran homeschooling mom, daughter of Christ. And no stranger to broken marriage. I know the heavy burden of shouldering a family alone. I only wanted to raise my children to love Jesus Christ, but I watched as my family crumbled in front of me. I didn't know who I could trust, but God provided the healing and discipleship I needed through mentors who spent years faithfully applying his word to my heart like ointment to wounds. My desire is to use this podcast to share what I've learned, what I'm still learning. My prayer is that you'll be pointed to Christ, learn to forgive, find freedom from fear, and learn that we have a God who can be trusted. Make sure your earbuds are charged and grab your Bible. Let's walk this path together. Hey, my friend, you may be like so many of us coming out of a situation where you've been a stay-at-home mom for years, unsure of how you're going to provide for your children, or maybe you have some great job skills and a degree, but now you have little ones and no trustworthy childcare and you just can't see how it's going to work out to hold down a job, and take care of your children, or you may have work, and it may be kind of working out, but the income is just not quite adequate. What I'd like to share today is twofold. I'd like to first bring out what the scripture says about God's provision for us. And I'd also like to share five things to remember as you seek God and trust in his provision financially. These five things, they're not exhaustive, but they are foundational and they're the place I think we all need to start. So first, let's look at the scriptures. You know, it overwhelms me how much the Bible has to say about God's ability and his willingness to provide all that we need out of his great love for us. I love these verses so much that I'm I'm having a hard time paring down how many to mention in this episode because I don't want to make it too lengthy, but these are sweet and precious words from the Lord about his tender heart for us and his desire to grant us all we need. Okay, let's look at a couple of verses side by side first. I'm going to be quoting both from the English Standard Version and the New American Standard Bible, 1995. The first one is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. There were four mentions of the word all in that verse, by the way. And then let's look at it next to Matthew 6, verses 31 and 32. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all have you ever considered that our heavenly father literally knows all the things you need and in fact knows better than you do exactly what is needful for you at this time what a joy it is to rest in that truth in that reality the loving god who knows all things who is omniscient knows your needs and because he's also all powerful he's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work so the purpose of his provision is really to enable us to act for god's glory to do the work he has prepared for us to walk in it as ephesians chapter 2 says Matthew 6, verse 33, which is actually the next verse in this passage of the the Matthew 6 passage we read a minute ago, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Well, there is a promise if I ever saw one. God says that if we seek him first, if we stop leaning on our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him first, all of our earthly needs will be provided for. And here's another verse about God's provision for those who seek him. I love this one so much. Psalm 34:10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Here's an interesting thing to think about. If you are in want of something, which means if you're lacking something, if you perceive that there's something missing, maybe the Lord has determined that it's not a good thing for you right now. Could it be that we can trust him to make that determination in our lives to know what is best for us? I think we can, I think we can. Finally, there's Philippians four, verse six. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a relief to know that God wants us to bring our needs to him in prayer. And what a further relief it is to know that he's able to give us peace that's beyond our human comprehension, given the circumstances we may find ourselves in. We can trust him both for provision we can't see yet and for peace because of the knowledge that we're under his care. Now that we've looked at just a little bit of what the scripture says regarding God's abundant care for us and our material needs, I'd like to share with you those five things to remember that I mentioned earlier as you seek to trust in the Lord to grant you All that's necessary for yourself and for your children. Number one, remember that God knows your needs and your limitations better than you do. You may think you need a certain income, but he may choose to be providing for you month by month or week by week or even day by day for a while. Be wary about believing that your ways are best and of willfully and prayerlessly taking the path that seems ideal to you. You'll know you're going your own way when you're having a hard time praying about your job or financial situation, or if you have a hard time praying with complete surrender, thy will be done. I remember walking into a pharmacy to get medicine for a sick child and telling the Lord, This really isn't in the budget, but I'm trusting that you know our needs and I'm going to trust you to provide. To be honest, I don't really even remember what happened after that, but my children and I are still here, so I know the Lord provided in that situation. We didn't go hungry. The mortgage got paid, the electricity didn't get turned off, and my child recovered. God truly knows our needs, even the ones we didn't anticipate. Now, when I talk about God knowing your limitations better than you do, I'm talking about the fact that you only have a certain number of hours in the day, or you might also have a health issue that would make a conventional job impossible or perhaps the needs of your children or a lack of childcare limit your choices. I just want to remind and encourage you that God truly knows all these things. And He is so much bigger than your circumstances or your limitations. He is able to intervene and provide in the most unpredictable ways and make the circumstances that we regard as being a liability into an opportunity to demonstrate his power and his faithfulness. Number two, tell the Lord that you are willing to do whatever he would have you do and ask him to show you the way. James 1 verse 5 tells us that God gives wisdom freely to all who ask without reproach, but it's wise to couple that request with a heart that's open to receiving the opportunities God may be presenting us, even if, humanly speaking, they seem less than ideal. Now, I'm not saying take any job or any situation, even if it's clearly not a good fit or puts your children in a bad spot or requires you to violate your conscience. I'm saying perhaps be willing to work for less than you think you need to earn or maybe be willing to take a job that's offering fewer hours than you believe you need and even possibly doing a job that you don't see as being your favorite line of work. The interesting thing about work is one thing often leads to another. Having a job of any kind can strengthen your position when it comes to applying for another job. Experience is always valuable and jobs often have room for advancement. By being cheerful and willing, you might find that a job that starts one way might end up turning into something completely different in in a good way. But the most important thing is to present yourself to God with a willing heart and willing hands to do as he leads and guides you. This reminds me of the verse in Colossians 3 about doing our work heartily as for the Lord rather than for man, knowing that from the Lord we will receive the inheritance as our reward. We are serving the Lord Christ. Now, when I am saying to follow God's guidance and his leading, I'm not saying to lay out a fleece or ask for a lightning bolt from heaven or a sign of any kind. But when we're walking daily with the Lord and humbly asking his wisdom to carry out the things we need to do. He has a way of making things clear. I've seen it over and over again in my own life. Just proceed forward with that heart attitude of dependence on him and of seeking his wisdom, and he will never fail you. Third, show up. If you're looking for work either as an employee or as a contractor, be applying for those jobs daily. Let your network know that you're available to work. If you're starting a business, keep working at the job you have while putting in as little as half an hour daily to build your new venture. Consistency is the key. Fourth, give of what you have with open hands, with an open heart. As the scripture says, whatever you have set apart in your heart to give cheerfully, for the Lord loves a cheerful giver. One of the big reasons God has us do this is because it's a tangible way to demonstrate and build our complete reliance on him. When we're taking what we've been given or what we've earned and we start giving it up and releasing it, giving it away by our actions. We are in essence saying, Lord, this is all from you anyway. And I'm trusting you that even when I give this up, you're going to provide whatever my needs are. And besides this, I am choosing to worship you and not make an idol of money. For your word says that I cannot worship both God and money. I'm not going to get into the doctrine of tithing today, but I will say that giving 10% what you earn or receive to your local church is a great place to start. Fifth, be willing to wait on God's timing. It may take a while to work out what you're going to do long term for work or income. Please be cautious about jumping into something that's unwise simply because you've been searching so long. But also, I'd encourage you to be willing to take little bits of work here and there, maybe a small job here and selling a few things there, while you continue to search for a long-term solution. As you go forth this week seeking the Lord first, caring for and praying for your children and doing the work that he has for you to do, Even if that's simply looking for employment, know that you're within his care and within what he has ordained for you at this moment in time. Psalm 139 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knew before the foundation of the world and planned that you live through these days. You can trust Him to take care of you and your children. He knows your needs, and He is ready to provide. If you've been uplifted in any way by this podcast, it would mean so much if you'd not only subscribe, but leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded, believing women on the same path as you, consider joining our Facebook group. A link is in the show notes. Until next time, remember, we have a God who can be trusted.